You are listening to EP Culture Beat, the underground source of El Paso, Texas. sites here you already told me that you went down to downtown you went to old sheepdog brewery how's it been being in el paso for you because uh you used to live here mm-hmm. uh i have a family living in horizon city and i remember going out there when it was the absolute middle of nowhere it might as well be driving to cattleman's and now it's city all the way it's built up mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of that is just in the last year and a half since i've been it's uh really growing on the the outside of town and you're coming in from dc the dc area alexandria specifically in virginia and uh before we go on go ahead and introduce yourself to the people listening out there my name is synthador your favorite synthesizer luchador cool yeah uh i'm talking to you right now and you have a really cool orange highlight mask um you're kind of intimidating me but I guess that's what Lucio Lourdes do, right? They got to bring in an air of like bigness and toughness. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, the mask stays on. You can take it off me in the ring. Oh, dang. That's like a, a challenge to everybody listening out there. Don't, don't put that out there like that. <laughs> Before we go on, please subscribe and share. So what's new? What projects do you have coming up? What projects are out already? Well, thanks for asking. I do have a release coming up. It's just one track. It's a collaboration with a New York artist named Chuck W. Mm. Uh, Our track is called Driving, and it's on his compilation uh, album called Anxiety Rock, July 9th on Spotify. Pre-saves available now. Very exciting. But the collaborations are one of the highlights of being in the synthesizer electronic music community do a lot of them just for fun, but this one's actually getting a release, so that's great news. So that's one of the main things of uh, working with sound machines is that like you find other people that work with sound machines, kind of like people that have guitars find other people with guitars. Yes, and uh, sending uh, audio files back and forth on the computer, lots of Google Drive bands where we'll do one part, send it over, somebody else will add a part or do some production. It's very fun. I've never heard that term before. Google Drive bands. Yes. <laughs> Don't let Google hear that because they'll, they'll make an app for that and take over that somehow. How'd you get into synthesizers? Well, as a youngster, I enjoyed uh, music. As a high schooler, I had a Casio SK-1 and a two-deck boombox and with layer tracks. And it was very creative, a lot of fun, but it kind of got away from it in college uh, until... Apple released GarageBand for the iPad. Mm. And for the low, low price of then $5, now free, 
all of a sudden I had everything I had ever lust, lusted after as far as guitar amp sounds, guitar effects, mm-hmm. and the ability to compose and uh, produce tracks right there. So I uh, started to go down the rabbit hole and then started buying gear. If music apps like that didn't exist, would you be in this situation right now? I think it definitely gave me a start. Mm -hmm. But once I started getting into analog synthesizers and started learning the the basics of synthesis, that took on a life of its own. Uh, One of the big subcategories is DAW-less, D-A-W, Digital Audio Workstation, less. In other words, working without a computer. just In the real world. Yes, with uh, sequencers connected to each other, but with no computer in between. It adds a whole level of spontaneity and fun, but it takes some skill because otherwise you end up with a 16-beat pattern repeating forever and got to make sure to keep it interesting and lively. What's the coolest thing you've learned? Uh, well, I've had the benefit of having some incredible music teachers, and I'm a firm believer that no matter your age and no matter your ability level, mm-hmm. find a music teacher, and you'll either learn music theory uh, or you'll get a coach. And it'll keep you motivated. For example, I, I've had the privilege of having lessons from... Anthony Pirog, and also his wife, Janelle Lapine, who are well-known. He's currently in the Mesthetics uh, Mm -hmm. group that includes uh, former members of Fugazi. They're incredibly great, and I learned the business, how to stay on track uh, creatively, and, and simply music theory and songwriting. But learning is constant, and so the coolest thing I've learned is whatever is coming up today and tomorrow. Dang. So do you ever think like it's too much information? Do you ever feel like some changes are too fast? I guess it's a given that technology changes and stuff gets outdated real quickly. All the time. And I always gravitate towards something new when I really need to focus and master Mm. a small group of things. But, you know, a, a new plugin, a new... DAW, a new synthesizer comes out, got to jump right on it. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. going to tear into it. So it sounds like you get bored a lot then. Never bored. Never just bored. Uh, scatterbrained. <laughs> Do you also build your own synths? Do you build your own gadgets? I have started um, with a basic uh, soldering iron kit, and I have assembled my first uh, Eurorack module, and that went well, and it worked, Yeah, which is great. I have studied on how to design circuits, and uh, so that's one of those future too many things at once, but it is something that I have dipped my toes into. What's uh, Do you have any soldering iron advice? Because that's like a really hot thing to work with, because I'm a guitarist, and I've worked with a soldering, soldering iron to uh, you know, uh, replace pickups, and like if you're not careful, you're going you're gonna to burn yourself. A really hot thing to work with, no pun intended. Yeah. And my be- my best advice is open the windows and be in a well ventilated space because you don't need to be breathing that uh, lead solder. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a that's a good piece of advice. Open the windows because you don't want to breathe those toxic fumes. That's true. I I never really think. I always think it's like a, I think it's foil, but it's not 
simple foil. It's uh, whatever you said. What did you say? Lead or or lead free solder. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is uh, less toxic but melts at a higher point. So, my other advice is learn desoldering because you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. How do you even it. do that? You get a little braid of copper-ish metal. Yeah, and you heat up the bad uh, solder that you did and rub it through the desoldering ribbon, mm-hmm. and it sucks it up just like a little sponge. Wow, man, you're 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 already taking us down a weird rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> I feel like. Electronic music is always a type of weird rabbit hole because different artists make it their own certain way. And, you know, there's all sorts of presets and gadgets. And um, is it hard for you to find your unique voice? Musically, there's a lot of ways to go. And I have a few directions. One is I love Synthwave. And sometimes I try to produce it with uh, various degrees of success. Mm -hmm. But that's a very defined sound, very 80s inspired. My second direction is inspired by all the great horror soundtracks. Uh, John Carpenter in particular with all the analog synthesizer. Bro. I love John Carpenter, man. And he has an ear for like what sounds cool. I don't know. What sounds cool. And he's so humble about it. (laughs) But it is absolutely incredible to me, life-changing, like mm-hmm. the very simple intro to Assault on Precinct 13. Mm-hmm. Do, do, ch, do. Yeah. Do th- just that. Where were we on? What were we on? We, we just sidetracked all weird. <laughs> oh, Finding Your Voice. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Finding a Voice by Seeking Directions. Synthwave, uh, 80s inspired, you yeah. know, video game inspired by the soundtracks of one season or pilot only TV shows that mm-hmm. disappeared. <laughs> are just great uh, horror soundtracks and then you know truly experimental stuff you just sit down with a modular mm-hmm. and see where you can go when did you decide to become synthador and why did you decide to use a luchador persona so i uh, started to believe that i could do music for at first uh a hobby and then more than a hobby and mm get out there, uh, produce something for other people to hear. But I wanted to keep some separation and some mystery between my day job, family life, and persona. Also, I'm a little old, and I was self-conscious about that at the time, much less now. So I wanted to have a secret identity. Mm. And I thought, how can I do that? Well, um, one of my favorite bands is Fart Barf. Um, and they wear caveman masks. They're incredible. All analog synthesizers. But I didn't want to really go in that direction. Another option, superheroes, but that's not going to work. But uh, looking back on um, my enjoyment of pro wrestling and Lucha Libre together, mm-hmm. like all wrestling, that's it. That's got mystery. It's confidence. It's an automatic grandiosity, too. I think. You have to live up to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So when exactly did you become Synthador? So in about 2014, uh, when I set out to record my first EP and also get my own custom mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mask was designed by El Paso artist, Misael Armendariz, who's just incredible. So he did the design of the mask. I had it made uh, at ilucha.com and... Once I had it, I put it on and headed off to the studio and cut my first EP. 
Wow. If you're enjoying this interview, please subscribe and share. Thank you. So how many EPs do you have? How many albums do you have? I've got two EPs that were high effort, released on vinyl, available on my Bandcamp. Cool. I have to get back uh, home before I can ship them, though. So (laughs) a little shipping delay. But yeah, those were um, a lot of fun. And then I have a couple of other purely digital releases that are more LP length and a little more beat driven, but experimental, hard to hard to classify as far as genre. Mm -hmm. But those are a lot of fun as well. How does a song start for you? I will usually sit down with no plan and start noodling and start more with sound design, try to create a cool sound and then start building and adding tracks and then put an 808 or 909 beat below it and then side chain the bass and the pad uh, and then try to break it and have it do something that you're really not supposed to do and end up with a unique sound and record and master and I end up with hundreds of recordings and then develop some and then uh, put out the best. How many machines do you end up using for one track? Sometimes five or six, but with only two hands and two eyes, it gets (laughs) somewhat difficult. And I really like to get everything connected and sequenced Mm -hmm. as if I could perform it live. But I'm really at my happiest when I focus on one and try to really capture the sound that one particular piece of gear produces and make that the focus. That's a a weird uh, tightrope walk. You're designing in mind to replicate for performance when you have machines where you can literally go beyond, I guess, trying to replicate a performance and it's just you're just going to hear it. How how does your brain stay within those parameters? Do you feel sometimes like it's too many buttons? At first. <laughs> and then as you get into it and get obsessive about it, the buttons each become your friend and you know what they do. <laughs> that becomes a, a language all to itself. But performance is very interesting because there's a big spectrum. A lot of the synthesizers have sequencers that you can program and Mm -hmm. save, save your patches. And you really can set up a performance where you just press play all the way to the extreme where you start with some vintage gear that doesn't save anything Mm. and you have to do it. And it's never the same way twice, Um, which is more fun. Yeah. That sounds more rock or more punk. And in fact, the modular that uh, I brought with me here to El Paso. Yeah. No safe presets. You know, uh, everybody has a unique combination of various modules installed and they all connect by control voltage. So if you understand what you're doing, you can get something close, but it's never going to be exactly the same. So just like a luchador, you're working without a safety net. Yes. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you go too far? Oh, sure. (laughs) And you get sounds and audio levels that aren't working with the mixer. So you got to be careful and make sure that you at least uh, keep it under control. But sometimes those happy accidents, when you do Mm. it wrong, end up with something you've never heard before. And that's where the magic happens. 
do you typically throw out the instruction booklet? I'll jump into it for about an hour and then read the manual mm. and then watch a YouTube and then watch another YouTube and then start obsessing about individual functions and then try to master those. I've even made drills for myself, mm -hmm. uh, how to go from powered on to setting up some sort of project and, and get good at it. That's funny you say drills because you were in the army for a little bit. Yes, that's what uh, brought me to El Paso the first time. What was that like? So I uh, joined the army and it was time to talk about where they were going to send me and I made a list. Mm-hmm. Fort Bliss was number four, and they smiled and said, absolutely, we can send you there. So, uh, But <laughs> it really defined my life and uh, set off everything, and that was uh, 22 years ago, and um, seven years active, 14 years reserved, now mm -hmm. uh, retired. Mm -hmm. Had its ups and downs for sure. It seems like Fort Bliss really enchants people that come through, you know, uh, El Paso, Enchants people that come through uh, Fort Bliss because, um, I mean, I used to write for their paper and Fort Bliss has a very international presence. Like there's a lot of people from everywhere there, but it seems like a lot of people tend to stay or tend to come back. They and told me that when I uh, first arrived <laughs> in 1999, they said, people come back. You will come back. That guy, that guy. And they're talking about the, you know, sort of the older civilians. Yeah. Who were, who were working there. And they said, yeah, you know, 1982, and then left and came back. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't come back to live, but I, I am back, you know, uh, Christmas and Easter and two weeks each summer. Well, what attracts you back to El Paso? What is it about El Paso? Well, primarily I got married here, so <laughs> family, and a yes. big family. My wife is forbidden from saying my cousin because that really doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but the the warmth that comes with a big family here, the roots, uh, of course, the food. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we start making our list of where to eat months before a trip. And the character. There is a, such a strong character to the city, the people, the community. It's uh, really great to come back. And now worlds collide, bringing my music persona mm -hmm. here to El Paso is opening a whole new level of the connection. And and it's great. Just like your machines, just making more connections. Yes. Before we end the interview, you mentioned who designed your mask, which is who is... Misael Armendariz. And what's the meaning behind your mask? It's a cool design. In fact, he did nine, and I picked this one. Cool. <laughs> uh, but we wanted it to be unique, and we wanted it to be orange. Mm -hmm. uh, Why orange? As my daughter would say, orange is my favorite color. <laughs> the best flavor, the best fruit, uh, the best Starburst, the best Skittles. I orange. like that. There's an EP name there. There's a song name there. <laughs> We're almost done. Please do not forget to subscribe and share. Thank you. What is uh, your social media? Where can people find you on the web? Well, the best part about my name is uh, it's a word that had never existed before. So, Synthador, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and that's a combination of synthesizer and luchador. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, I have a very exciting future collaboration coming up with 
Roman Martinez, local artist here in El Paso, uh, known, among other things, for Star Wars. Cool, cool. We're going to be working on something and uh, have a roughly a year time frame and an upcoming show. Cool. Um, which will be after the date of the publication. Yes. So it is Saturday, July, July 10th. 10th. Yes. Doors at 8 in an incredible lineup. Galeria Lincoln. Honored to be uh, on a bill with Gumball Music, Boosty. It's going to be absolutely great. And Marky Gunn and uh, Miss Syncopation. Uh, no, it's an incredible yeah. lineup. And uh, the music starts when the sun goes down. And we'll keep going as long as it's fun. Yeah, it's going to be hella fun. Um, so people can find you on Instagram, Facebook. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. My website with all the links, synthador.com. Awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Special thanks to you. It's an honor to be on this podcast. I have really enjoyed listening. Thank you. And um, I will continue to look for every new episode. Wow. Thank you. That's high praise. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you.